What's up, everyone? Welcome to the latest episode of Power Spike, your only talk show that covers the global game of League of Legends around the world. Digon, Dom, and Monty here to break down the action. Week two in LCS, week three in Europe and basically everywhere else. Yeah, I think that's the way that worked. But to start, we will start over at LCS because they, for the first time ever, played on a patch that no one else ever played on, 14.2. First thoughts, first looks. We're going to get picks that no one's ever seen. That's not exactly what happened. A lot of just playing the same, banning out TF and Karma, basically. Hey, we got car. We got, yeah, we got Karma bans now. Come on. It was, <laughs> it was slightly different. Yeah, we got a yeah. Karma pick. Support. Yeah. We did get a Karma pick. Didn't it win? Didn't it just like run everyone over? Uh, I, don't, I don't remember. Uh, what were your initial okay. thoughts on it? Uh, on, on just the fact that LCS getting to play that early here. We'll start with you, Dom. Um, I mean, I think that it's it's definitely an, uh, an increase in, in like, it makes, it gives people a reason to watch LCS where people before could kind of tune out LCS because of the fact that like it was late in the day, like, and then, you know, you didn't see anything interesting. It was actually like the last region to really play um, on patches besides for like LEC because they were just stuck in the same patch cycle. Um, so I think that now you actually can, can see some really, really broken things. So you're going to get some hilarity out of the game. A lot of times by the time that, uh, things are more, uh, uniform, like teams have got accustomed to the patch. A lot of the super broken things would just be banned, but now you'll see probably a couple of these really early picked stomp at LCS game, then be perm banned for the rest of the time. So you might get to see some, some really, really, really abusive and broken things in the LCS which I think is just good to make the games more fun, add some variance to the game. You know, like I think one of the problems in LCS for such a long time is that there's been like a lot of disparity between the top and bottom teams. Um, and it makes the region like less fun to watch. You have a lot of like stomps, but I think adding some like RNG to the region is honestly good for a region that's pretty unserious as it is. I mean, I think it's interesting too, because so much of the entire history of the metagame of lcs was like copying other regions play yeah. and not necessarily being the most innovative so in a way i mean by, by having them on the vanguard of the meta it actually may force innovation and may let them lead the meta in certain ways right um at least at the very least they can't just default to what other regions are doing all of the time and we are going to see i think at least a little bit more variety and spiciness in gameplay to the lcs which i think is exciting i mean i the, the downside to this is like the reason why this isn't done guys is because there are potentially like very big game breaking bugs that can, could possibly occur the, this is the reason why no esport is ever on the live patch, no matter where you are, because they don't want to introduce, you know, potential, um, you know, very big flaws. And especially in a game like League of Legends, which, to put it mildly, doesn't have maybe the most stable code, is a risk. You know, it is a risk of more pauses remakes uh finding crazy champion bugs there's a risk here and eventually something's going to happen um that is going to cause a lot of controversy but in the meantime until it happens i guess we can enjoy the novelty of being on live patch yeah a lot of spaghetti um in lck challengers this weekend there was a bug where two players <laughs> went into the rift herald at the same time that was time. an L that was that just was an, an lck that, that was just an LCK, like straight up. 
Oh, they had to crow to break it. They had to crow to break it. Yeah. I don't like yeah. Apparently, because I, I was like, oh, what's the problem with the bug? But apparently, the Rift Herald does double damage if you have two people yes. ride it at the same time. Yeah. I watched it one hundred to zero at tier two turret. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it was it was awesome. And also, I mean, to be fair, like, isn't that turret just dead anyway? With like how situation, how the situation was top. Like, well, you know what? It's fine. Oh, okay. Well, yeah. So bugs there. We got to see some of those pauses uh, manifest over uh, at LCS, but I feel like. Uh, and I'll have an interview coming out with it soon. I sat down with Mithy and Revan after Shopify upset Cloud9 and their draft was super wonky. It had like the Scion and Vayne mid and the Maokai dives that weren't great, all that stuff. They both were like, hey, it does show that you can evolve the meta. And as coaches, we're not going to really talk about the draft too much. The draft was whatever, but we're going to focus on the gameplay aspect of it. They do want to push the envelope and try to get some of those innovative things in there, Monty. I, I yeah, I don't know if that's the best example because that was one of the jankiest drafts that I've seen in some time, where it felt like a lot of mistakes were being made. And I was vod reviewing that game, and Insanity was in my stream, and he literally told me when I asked him why the fuck the draft happened this way and like outlined a bunch of other alternatives, he literally just said, "I'm not allowed to talk about it." <laughs> Yep. <laughs> he literally just said, I, I'm sorry, I, uh, I I shouldn't talk about this at all. And I was like, okay, well, you know, mistakes were made. Everybody made mistakes in that draft. It ended up being super weird. It was a very entertaining game as a result, gotta say. Yeah. Um, finally, news from me for LCS before we move to uh, our first segment of the day. I, I might get in trouble for saying this. I don't care. Whatever. <laughs> I'm going to be hosting on Friday, LCS. So first time back on LCS for seven years, I think. Six, six, Holy six, moly. Years. Congratulations. Yeah. Huge Thank news. You. So I'll be hosting in the first two games, and then I'll be casting NRG and FlyQuest. Good one. And then TL and Immortals. So uh, Friday, part of the Super Week. I'll be part of that. I'll be on campus. So, uh, yeah, please tune in and uh, support, spam, all that stuff. Thank you. That's how All expensive right. Dagon is. You have to fire half the company just to get one <laughs> casting out of this guy. <laughs> oh, no, you know, so you know, Dom. I, I was, I was gonna say that. Uh, you know, the reason why Dagon, when he was full time at Riot, you know, they cut him because that he was supposed to do like the second stream in the in the best of threes when they were doing them simultaneously, and they mm -hmm. kept Dash and laid off Dagon. But who's the last man standing now? It's not Dash, it's D-God. Right. He's back. <laughs> That's right. My salary was just a little too much. They had to cut my salary and basically give it to Dash. <laughs> nice. Love you, James. All right. And he deserves it. He deserves it. He's the best. Right. I, I, I want to talk, before we get into our first segment, I want to talk about something, which is <laughs> Dom's denial for LEC go streaming. What? Yep. I, saw, I saw I saw that clip uh where they they just said you weren't you weren't big enough, you weren't good yeah. enough to them. What the heck happened? Literally that. We applied. So pretty much the 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 way it went was I had a team that I was like applying with, like when all this stuff started happening. Mm -hmm. I had a team that mm -hmm. I was applying with. The team last minute was like we're just not going to use our spot like whatever. Then I found another team that was like 100% down. The team just went to um to the LEC and was like they gave like a whole pitch where it's like, this is like all, all the stuff that he's done. Like he's even like sent your interviewer, Don Jake to like create worlds content um, over uh, to worlds in Korea. 
like he has this like profile he did these talk shows and just essentially put together like just a, a standard uh, mm -hmm. pitch of of everything that i've done and they pretty much just said that that like the main thing was they just said that like my viewership wasn't high enough um even though i was like the highest viewed live viewer for for literally years they said it wasn't high enough they said that they wanted around 20k average and 100k peak um which is like what yeah i mean i'm just yeah i just don't have 100k peak like i like i had i think during worlds i think i during most of it i was averaging like 11 12k like for big matches i was hitting 20k peak but yeah i mean if you don't have 100k peak i guess you're just not getting in there uh, well, here's what i don't understand here's what i understand dom is that because it has to for be english for english for, for english. english yeah so if okay. you do it in another people are like oh but this guy doesn't have it it's like that was for english so what what I don't understand about this is that, you know, because Cadrill has signed with Fnatic, right? Mm -hmm. So Fnatic just gets an unfair advantage by the ability to actually just put their sponsors onto Cadrill's stream, right? So they're actually showing favoritism to Fnatic as a lead, like as a league and giving Fnatic a business and that advantage. that was one thing that the organization that I was um, partnered or that I was going to partner with was upset about is they're like, why can't we just use our slot? Like not everyone has access to a, a huge co-streamer like that. Like there literally aren't enough people in the English language to do that across all 10 teams in the LEC. Like there aren't streamers, there aren't that many English language streamers that big in the entire world. You know, let alone ones that want to co-stream every match of LEC. Yep. So my point is, is like they're 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 making a non-competitive environment where they're specifically saying certain franchise teams get certain co-streamers. They're not even creating competition for the teams. I mean, to who, who knows if this is actually the reason? They might just like not like me, you know, specifically. Like it could it could be that. I mean, I've always been on the outs with Riot. You know, like every single time sure. that I've had any type of like situation with Riot, it's always just been like fighting tooth and nail. Like but, for for example, when I got so when I got banned from LCS co-streaming, which made no sense, like whatever. I mean the people that make this decision are not the people that I work with. So I get banned from LCS co-streaming. Then I got so pretty much then LPL hit me up and they're like, we would like you to co-stream LPL. So when I then contacted, right, this is spring of 2021. I was like, okay, like I'm going to co-stream LPL. They made a rule, which I'd never heard about, where they said, if you are banned from LCS co-streaming, then you can't do co-streaming from like other regions. So I what? couldn't do, so even though LPL had offered me co-stream rights <laughs> in spring, then I, I wasn't able to get them because I just wasn't, I was still banned in LCS co-streaming. And then in summer I was unbanned. So then that's when I was like the first person to actually start co-streaming LPL was in summer. So it was like six months of just like, and this required multiple calls. Like the whole process of getting unbanned was just so tiring. Like I had to go to calls like C9, like without C9, without Jack, I would have never been able to be unbanned from co-streaming. I would have literally just had to be, I would just be banned like probably indefinitely or some shit. I had to go with Jack two calls. He had to vouch for me over and over again and be like, hey, this is like, like, uh, like, trust me, like you could like, I'll take responsibility for anything Dom does like, like on the stream. Like he's not going to do anything that's like going to like jeopardize the sponsors. He has our own sponsors. Like Cloud9 is one of the brands that's actually like, like Cloud9 is one of the brands that, that, they actually don't ha they don't push the envelope too much with with hiring content creators that are saying like ridiculous shit they're sure. a pretty safe brand um I mean, they have so mango, he was like hey man like what'd you say <laughs> they have mango but sure yeah, yeah. besides for mango pretty much but like <laughs> yeah but just in general they're a pretty safe brand like there's like you can't use like 
the same words that you use when you you know speak on your stream that that are viable on twitch are not viable with with cloud nine um yeah they're pretty safe i had to go to so many calls with jack and then jack brought like the c9 sports psychologist with us and we're like we're just gonna like say this guy's like working with you like just to, like just to like be like this is like how committed we are to like not like it was just such a tiring they, process they, they had they had to show that you were actually rehabilitating with a professional psychologist bro like That's you don't incredible. understand the amount of hoops i've had to jump through right like you don't you don't understand how it was like when i was banned the first time all the different things and one of the the things that happened with all that was they wanted to make the story of like them rehabilitating me like throughout season three and season four they're gonna be like look at how like they wanted they were like okay when you oh. come and you you go on on lcs like and you know i can speak in front of camera or whatever this is gonna show like how much we've done like you went from this toxic piece of shit to this like you know <laughs> nice person or something and i was like i don't want this to be the fucking story like i just maintained that i thought i was banned unfairly like you know like that's because that's just how i felt and the person that I worked with through the whole thing is a piece of shit. His name is Jason Katz. He was fired. Like he was oh, also Jason. Oh, by the way, Jason Katz guys is notorious in the esports industry. He's one of the OGs who fucks. He has fucked up so many things at so many different CSGO companies. As well. guys. He's like done fucking LC like LCS players and stuff. And he's like, all right, I'm going to fuck CSGO. And then he just started fucking CSGO. Like he just fucked yep. everyone over, bro. It's yes, crazy. he does. He's horrible. He's horrible. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, I mean, he was fired, but that's like the thing that was that pissed me off so much. It's like, okay, so if this guy who made the decision is now fired because you don't believe that he is actually competent at his job, uh, at his job, why do the decisions that he made carry over? Like, shouldn't it be like, oh, now we should look into the decisions that he made because he's clearly fucking bad at his job. That's why we don't want him to work for us anymore. I don't know, man. Like, it's just, I, I feel like this is just always a thing. So look, I'm, I'm fine with it at this point. My viewership is good when I'm live viewing anyway. Most of my viewers who watch me for LEC are completely used to live viewing because I've done it for so long, which is part of the sure. reason why I probably should have been eligible for coaster. be the fact that I've like, done so much outside of just raw viewership the fact that i live viewed it for so long like i've created so many pieces of content i did the crackdown for years with thorin yep. interviewing a ton of lec players building storylines like actually just doing their job and yeah i mean it's just it, it is what it is like i'm not even upset about it i'm just fine with it like i just expect it I'm just I'm just upset because like if you think about what happened at last worlds one of the most kind of fun narratives was your back and forth with Kadrol about like omg and the shy you know what i mm -hmm. mean like he had even included in that rap video that that he did it was really fun and so i think to have co-streamers uh, co representing different teams just it allows for better engagement because you guys can play off of each other and build up help build up those rivalries so like it seems to me that everybody wins in that situation and all of the teams should want to have co-streamers because it's another mechanism that you can build up hype and anticipation for these matches. So I, I just don't get it, man. I just yeah. don't fucking get it. I mean, obviously, like, like, it doesn't me seem good this, for the it, product. I pretty much made the decision because I was still like going like, you know, back and forth. And there was like a discussion of like, okay, when you get to Europe, like the team is going to bring me in person to talk to the LEC. I mean, pretty much when I talked about this publicly like i know that this is going to piss them off and it'll just essentially be zero chance of me ever getting it but i would just rather fucking talk about it once so people know what the fucking deal is and just be honest about it rather than sit there in every single stream and be like so are you gonna get co-streaming this week like when are you getting co-streaming like and just answer the question over and over it's like i'm not getting co-streaming i probably will never get co-streaming like i'll just live you lec and i'll 
co-stream LCS, I'll co-stream LPL, I'll just work with the leagues that actually think that I provide value to them. Yeah, I just don't know who the, like, candidates are. Who are the candidates that hit that in nobody. the space? That's, yeah, no, it's nobody. like, all right, we'll go get Tarek, I guess, or something, you know? Like, it doesn't really yeah. hammer home for me, and I think that's why I, I'm, a, I'm bothered for you, and that stinks, man. But I'm glad. Yeah, that I mean, it was like it was like it was just it was just yeah. The viewership just doesn't match. Like they just used me as essentially in a, comp a comparison point was just Cadrel. Like this is Cadrel's yeah. viewership. This is your viewership. Like you just don't hit that. Okay. Yeah. It's like well no like also I'm not hitting that without like li live view like there's no way that live viewing when everyone else is co-streaming is somehow gonna help me hit those ridiculous numbers. Yeah, it's impo yeah. it's impossible, obviously. Yeah, I mean, they've made yeah. it impossible because basically without competition, you can't even like if you were trying to hit those numbers, you can't even do it because Cajal has the live streaming rights and you don't. So it, it's an unfair playing field. Well, the it's the same thing. Well, and it's, and it's also like once somebody starts with those with those advantages, like it's so hard to come back. So, for example, when I got banned from co-streaming LCS, I was the biggest co-streamer. Like I actually had surpassed LS in viewership because he like took a couple weeks off and then my viewership was just exploding. I was getting 25k every single week for LCS, which was a big portion of it back then. And when I got banned and I went to live viewing, like my viewership was instantly for like the finals, my viewership was like 12 to 15k, while Ellis was literally hitting like 45 to 50. And it took me literally a year of like him taking breaks and me grinding the entire time to get back to the point where my viewership was higher again. Like it's it just that's just how streaming works. Like mm. if somebody establishes an advantage over you, it's so hard to like come from behind unless you have some like some type of piece of luck in some area you know like maybe i support support i i start supporting a team i start f like fanboying over a team and that team ends up doing really well then maybe like that could be something that would be a boost but streaming is not something where it's just like i mean st streaming is not a, a game of like who's the better streamer gets the most viewers like that's not what the game of streaming is that's what people try to like turn it into but i've been doing it long enough that where i know that there's streamers that are better streamers than me that just get less viewership because i'm more known in the community and i've been doing it for longer and like their streams just aren't getting like the the traction there's no the discoverability on twitch is actually really bad so people are not like going to be recommended streams and just like come back over time like if you if you are able to do that do that that's a huge like you're a huge exception um but normally the biggest growth that's coming down to content creators is off twitch it's people that are growing on TikTok that then are able to transfer That's some cool. of their audience. If you think about like Dantes, Kesha, uh, like Cajal. pretty much everyone who's blown up recently in the League of Legends space, space, it's not actually through streaming being the main thing. They get big on another platform and they're able to transfer over some amount of their audience. Well, uh, Monty said to these LEC requirements, these benchmarks seemed a little unfair. Some would say... They're almost like fraudulent benchmarks, which get us to our first segment of the day. <laughs> nice. It's time for fraud alert. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Just warm it up for Friday. <clears throat> uh, we got our fraudulent predictions for 2024. So uh, let's get on into it. As uh, All right. Fraud alert is here. What are some of the biggest fraudulent predictions that we could throw out for 2024? Monty, let's start with you. Yeah, I wanted to do this just because we have early indications about teams that could end up being frauds as as the spring split goes on. So we could revisit this later, but I'm just going to go ahead and call out KT Rolster right now. 
This is not the KT of last year. <laughs> this is not the no KT of last year. I don't want to see the DRX version two of Deft and Pioshik and Barrel. You guys get excited because you saw some good games from Pioshik and you saw one good game of Alistair from Barrel. Uh, but you haven't, you have not yet prepared yourself for the rock bottom floor of this team, which we also saw in that same telecom war. If you watched Pioshik's egregiously bad Vi gameplay in game number two of that series, this is the Pioshik floor, man. He's never been consistent. He's always been super streaky. There really is not a lot to be hyped about this team. They absolutely should have kept cuz in this situation, guys. Perfect. He's a rookie. He's having some troubles. And this is not a team. You know, they came off losing to Kwangdong, Kwangdong Freaks, which, to be fair, also did beat D-plus tonight. So maybe they're a little bit more legit than we thought. Arena Rover uh, Freaks. <laughs> they're, they're looking better. So maybe that's not super embarrassing. But this KT roster is going to have, they, they were going to live up their Rollster roller coaster name even more than they usually do with better rosters. Because... It's going to be a high one. You're going to be you're going to be on the slow ride up to the top, just onto the top of the roller and then you're just going to fall straight down to the absolute bottom. This is a fraudulent team. They will get absolutely bodied when it comes to playoffs. In fact, now with Kwangdong looking better, are they even going to be top five? Stay tuned. <laughs> I mean. Yes, right? Of course, of course. Also, what, is, is Damwon even going to be top five? Damwon no, lost it, to KT. Damwon <laughs> is out. It's time for the freaks. It's all about the bull show. Yeah, like Damwon has to be like in this as well. No, are they Are they going to be top five? If Kwangdong is better, like that's a good question. Yeah. If D plus uh, and Kwangdong are better than them, and we assume uh, T1, Genji. Well, no, but that's what I'm saying. Is D plus better than KT? <laughs> I oh. think they are. I think they I mean, are. They lost uh, to them, look, right? They did, but that was the first week of competition. And last week, I think they looked a lot better. So, And then today they got shit on by the freaks. <laughs> yes. Everybody's <laughs> getting shit on by the freaks. <laughs> That's the new LCK meta. Uh, yep. <laughs> it, it's Bull's world and we're just living in it. <laughs> Look, everyone gets shit on by everyone and Genji and, KT, or Genji and T1 run the region. That's what it'll end up being. Probably. Oh, just, just some pushback here. Perfect is a rookie, which means generally he's at least going to get better over time. Not, you know, he's going to become. How can you get better if you're already perfect? I don't get it. <laughs> yeah, the the. Yeah, but you're forgetting that Piotrick is going to get worse over time. So, <laughs> well, he's already Piotrick, peaked. Doesn't Piotrick normally turn it on for like playoffs? He looks like clunky during i mean like, he's had some really good through. games to start out to start out the split he had some very good games but he's he's quickly regressing to the mean yeah yeah so this this last game so they they played this morning by the time that we recorded and they just beat the shit out of the giga chad okay bros and i think that was that exactly team is terrible yes but that's that team exactly is what kt needed after kind of getting slapped around a little bit like it wasn't close. They like beat the <laughs> shit out of him, and it was kind of painful. Barrel played like Maokai support, and was just, just it was it was pretty it was pretty mean. It was pretty mean. Um, what do you what do you think of this here, Dom? Do you think KT that fraudulent? What what do you fraudulent scale Monty's fraudulency of KT? I mean, I don't think that they're that fraudulent compared to like what a realistic expectation of them should be. I mean, they should play right. somewhere between like fourth and sixth in the league, like almost guaranteed, right? 
that like that they're not going to be like one of the worst teams in LCK because the it bottom it would be hard for them to fall below sixth with the way yeah. right, the way the rest of the teams are looking. And it's hard for them to 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 be above fourth. Like even if Dom Juan collapses and like you know we end up finding out that the freaks are actually just frauds, they could still be fourth and not be competitive with the top of the table, which happens actually a decent amount in in LCK where there's like a big divide between the top like two yep. or top three teams and everyone else. Um but yeah, I mean, like, I, I don't think that they're fraudulent compared to like what a real expectation of them should be. It's just that, like the fans have this thing in their mind where like these guys won worlds not that long ago. It's like they could be really good again. It's like, number one, when they won worlds, the person that got world finals MVP is no longer on their team. And the person that was the actual MVP of all of worlds, who was like probably one of the best players we've seen, at, like in terms of just a full worlds tournament in Zika is no longer there. And now Zika is just playing Corky and like sprinting it on purpose. <laughs> yeah. But I mean, I think that like this team will just be okay. You know, I think that the problem that this team lacks is they just don't have that much like firepower. Like Deft is not the same Deft that people have in their mind. You know, like he's not like this hyper, like he's not Viper, right? He's like kind of a, uh, they're not going to be a strong in lane bot lane with Deft and Barrel. Like they'll be okay. Maybe they'll like be able to play like good matchups, but they aren't going to be able to compete with the top end of bot lanes in, in LCK. So I think that this team, when they play against better teams, will just lack firepower. Like, who who are they going to play through? Like, where are the leads going to come from um, in the early game? It's all going to have to come from, like, Pioshik, like, getting ganks off and getting people ahead. They won't have any real just points of power to play around, unless Perfect actually is able to just be, a, a, like, a real carry top in LCK. I mean, BDD is always just doing his job. He's consistent. I mean, he's pretty good um, by LCK standards, but I just think that they just don't have enough to beat top teams. Like, when you think about the laners that are on Genji, you think about like T1, you think about Hanwha Life, maybe Hanwha Life, they can, they can win soul lanes or something, but like you get, you get the point. They just are going to be outmatched by top teams. Yeah. I, I, I too don't think this is super fraudulent here, Monty, just because it, it really depended if you bought stonks in KT and uh, light, if you could full screen me, please real quick, I've got something for uh, the haters here. Like if you bought stonks in it, that's on you because it's really all about the homie, <laughs> the general. So if you bought stonks in them, that's because your friendship was 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 based too much on Pioshik. It was actually about Umti. And I KC wish Umti was on this team, by Pioshik. the way. I desperately wish Umti was on this version of KZ. I wish Cuz was still here. That's sad. When you wish Cuz was still here. Hey, Cuz had a good Cuz had a good summer season in Worlds, and he's doing really well on Guangdong now. I mean, Cuz so. has just always been cut. Like, I, it's the same thing at, at, at Worlds, right? It's like you can play two champions, like, and then there's just a a massive drop off between those champions and everything else. Yeah. Um. All right. I, I agree with Dom here. I think they. I don't think it's too fraudulent. I think it's just the hype kind of creeped up a little bit because the DRX World Champs got their band back together and people bought stonks. They are. They seem four, five, possibly six, if freaks get it together. Um, all right, Dom, what do you got for our, some of the most fraudulent of 2024? The most fraudulent of, of 2024? Yeah, let's just, just I think TL. I think TL is pretty fucking fraudulent, man. <laughs> no, like, this team is pretty my, hard to watch. Put my poster up. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they're, they're pretty fraudulent. I mean, their games have not looked good. Like, they should be a team that's top three in the league, right? They should be better than a team like FlyQuest. 
at, at least at the beginning. I mean, FlyQuest is incorporating Busio, who's still super young and like, you know, like he, he he's playing with a player that's a rookie. They have a pure rookie bot lane. Like Jensen is, is old and supposed to be washed at this point. You look at TL and their games are so long, like their game versus IMT. They have a massive lead and it takes them so long to actually close out the game. Like they're just such an NA team where you have insane early lead and we're winning the game in like 37 minutes, 40 minutes. I don't believe in Yeon and his development like at all. Like I don't ever think that he'll be top tier. I just, nope. It feels like he just doesn't have that it factor that you want to see out of, you know, young AD carries that are act, that are taking the next step forward. I just don't see it um, from, from Yeon. So when I look at this team, like, sure, okay, they got a win over IMT. They got a win over Shopify Rebellion. They lost 100 Thieves. They got their ass beat by FlyQuest. I just don't believe in them, and they should be better than they're going to end up looking. Like, it should have been a very clear top four and bottom four in LCS. I think the way that most people had it was, like, Cloud9-1, Energy-2, TL3, FlyQuest 4, and then, like, the bottom four would be, like, Big Gap, and then Shopify Rebellion, um, Dignitas, Immortals, and uh, 100 Thieves. Like, because 100 Thieves, obviously, is incorporating a 17-year-old rookie. Quid didn't look great. Like, they have, essentially, a new team. That's what the distinction should have been. I'm not sure that TL is going to be a solid fourth place. Like, I think that they could easily drop games. They could end up finishing the split 7-7 seven and seven or something like that. Hmm. I mean, I was never sold on this roster. It's the same principal flaws that were in the roster construction last year, which is that you're using your import slots in very strange ways. They only have one import, technically. That's true. That's yeah. true, actually. They, they do only have one import now. And they're, I mean, they could import an AD carry. They could import a new mid laner. And maybe that will be in the cards for summer. But it just seems like when two of your principal carry positions are overwhelmingly weak, there isn't anything for like Umti and Core JJ to support here. You know what I mean? Like, I mean, I think there Core JJ has been pretty fraudulent for like a couple of years now. He sure, just gets the sure. pass forever. Like, I, I've noticed this about about Core. Like, I like Core. Core is somebody who uh, like I've had a conversation with, with. I respect him. I think his play has not been like above average in in LCS since maybe like spring 2022. Like, I, I just don't, I don't think that he's playing well at all. Like, there's so many games, like, this Rakan game was, I mean, it's partly on him. I feel like it's him and the and both uh, both uh, carries that are actually losing them the games. Or, like, losing them situations, losing them fights. Like, I, I feel like he just has regressed a lot in recent years. Yeah, I was going to say, like, two years, it, it, I feel like he, you've talked him up as being like, hey, you know he's always going to be solid. Back in 2022, at least. So I guess two years is about right. But yeah, and like uh, spring, I mean, him and Han Sama were like legit. They, they couldn't play bot lane. They were just playing like Seraphine Jinx every single game bot lane. They were not a dominant bot lane. They weren't a good bot lane in, in LCS. Yeah, but I thought we chalked that one up to fucking Han Sama just getting a case of the NA. Yeah, I mean, neither of them looked good. I mean, there was some awful like Core JJ and Mumu games that, that I remember like very distinctly from 2022. <laughs> And then 2023, I think he was just not great, like pretty average for most of it. And the beginning of this year started out pretty bad for him as well. So I just feel like it's been a while since we've seen Core JJ smurfing. I mean, the thing used to be, if you remember like lock-in of 2021 and just like how the team looked, it used to be that him and Tactical were killing bot lane every single game. Oh yeah. Like, and then Tactical would get caught late game, whatever. Like he would just do his like tactical bullshit. But 
the narrative was these guys will kill you in lane. They're our best laning bot lane in North America. They will just kill you in lane every single game. They get a kill like level one, level two. I'm curious, do you have any LPL potential frauds based on the, the, the rosters that have been announced so far in the first couple weeks of competition? Do you think any somebody's LPL really going to underperform? I mean, like, it depends on what type of frauds are we talking about? Because there's like, I mean, LPL is 17 teams, right? So like, how fraudulent are we talking? Let's say that some one team that people actually expected to be good and is maybe going to be more middle of the table and not actually a contender. Is that NIP right now, for example? I mean, I still think NIP will be like top six. Like my realistic perception is like, okay, there's going to be BLG, JDG, Weibo, NIP, top esports and LNG. That's probably going to be your top six. And then after that, like, as long as those teams are all placing top six, I don't consider them, like, too fraudulent. Like, maybe if JDG actually got six, maybe they would be pretty fraudulent if they've placed that low. When you look at, like, the the other teams, I don't think any of the, the teams under that can break into that top six. Like, I still think NIP will just be good enough player for player to be able to beat the, the, the other teams. Um, I mean, EDG is a team that people thought would be maybe, like, middle of the table. Like, they would be a low playoff team and they look terrible like they actually look like they have no brain go. anymore after mako was ripped off the team so they're down there i would say omg is super fraudulent um we is two and one right now but they played some disgusting games like they lost to omg they beat al and then this fpx series they should not have won that team looks on paper like it should be good if you look at the at the roster are not good but at least be like solid i mean they have fofo prince iwandi Hang in wayward and Prince looks completely washed. Like he just doesn't look like he's <laughs> close to the same player that he was at the end of 2022, um, beginning of 2023. Uh, Fofo, so I mean, he's, he's been decent in an LPL. Like he was always the weakness of EDG, but that was, you know, it being the weakness of a top team, being like a middle of the pack player on a top team doesn't necessarily mean you're bad, but um, yeah, he's not great. Wayward has been wayward. And then, yeah, I mean, the rest of the team is just nothing surprising. So maybe WE could be considered a fraudulent team, but I don't think there's anyone that's super fraudulent yet. I mean, I guess it would, maybe it's Rare Adam ending up with Vikla. It'd be like, oh, we're going to get that young guy, that that rookie of the uh, of the split. You know, he, it was NA. He got a yeah, case Vickla of NA. is really terrible. He's just a horrible player. <laughs> we watched I mean, he played Corgi, and he just didn't win. <laughs> How do you lose a Corky on the old Who path? is worse? Who is worse? Zekka or Vikla on Corky? <laughs> oh, oh, I would say that's a good one. Oh, I, I would still say that it would that it's probably Vikla. I mean, if you threw wow, Vikla really? into that game. Yeah, if you threw Vikla into that game versus T1, I think he would probably run it down even harder. I didn't see the Vikla game, that's why I'm asking. I just saw the horrendous Zekka game. I mean, <laughs> Vikla is like underperforming on Corky when he's playing against IG. Zika is losing to like T1 playing Corky. So I'll say I'll say the guy who's losing to IG who's having like a bad performance on Corky versus IG probably worse than any performance you could have versus T1. Fair, 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 fair. Those are some of our fraudulent picks for 2024. If you guys at home have some fraudulent picks for us, who do you think is going to be the biggest fraud as we turn the page into the new year let us know in the comments below over at our youtube channel or in the comments on twitter wherever you can find us here on last free nation um do i have one i don't think i really have one because when i think about it i mean I, rogue I is massive right. frauds 
yeah, I don't feel That's I don't true. feel I mean Carmine Corp also like came in yeah, with a certain I was gonna say maybe it's Carmine Corp. <laughs> yeah. That was like that that felt that felt very tough. Just as as a team that came on in, you get Yamato, you have your squad together, and maybe it's Saken. Saken is <laughs> That's tough. We're piling it yeah, on. I mean, the I just kid, think that like that pretty tough. I mean, I th- I think that the way you have to look at it is this: like K Corp, there was there was expectations, but there's a lot of insert uncertainty with K Corp when they came in. It's like, how are these ERL players going to actually look in LEC? Whereas Rogue has no excuse to be tied with with K Corp at the bottom of the table. Like how how is Rogue two and seven when they got Marcoon, who's supposed to be a good jungler? Larson is supposed to be someone who's one of the best in the entire league, right? And then you have Comp, who was on that 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 team as well. You get a really hyped rookie in in Zoelis, and Shigenda has has been there and it's supposed to be good. It's like you have a bunch of pieces that are supposed to be solid, and you're actually just tied for last place. That's that's pretty fucking fraudulent. <laughs> there you go. All right, I think those are All some right. good picks. Yep, there you go. Let us know in the comments below who you think is the most fraudulent, or who you agree with the most. Uh, speaking of LEC, it's time for some high key, low key, no key for LEC. The chances for our teams to win the winter split. Let's get into it. All right. There you have it. Eight teams into the winter group stage after the winter regular season has been done so that they oh no it's just qualify. called winter playoffs now i God know it's confusing it, <laughs> because yeah. they keep changing it <laughs> no it's so much less yeah, confusing now i think yeah it is it is it's it is. much it less feels like now i feel like this should just be the playoffs like we everyone called it the playoffs when it was groups before but now yeah. it's just yeah. essentially it's the same exact format by the way it's just in a playoff bracket so the whole thing is playoffs yeah. yep um well give us our we've got our top eight teams here from the winter season uh high key low key no key excited for teams to win the winter split what do you think Wait, which teams have the best chance like which are the high key i mean i think g2 teams... yes i think that's the sadly that is everybody's conclusion <laughs> i think like when the lec looks like i said this on stream but my general take on the lec is whenever it looks like Damn, like G2 is not playing as well as you expect. And I guess some other teams are like looking better than you'd expect. Who's going to win? It's like always G2 that wins. That's just how, that's just how LEC works. Well, I think also the last hopes of G2 not winning kind of evaporated this week when we had some good Caps games again. Because every time you think, oh man, Caps isn't looking so good again. Is there an angle for somebody else to win? And then he comes back and has some solid performances. It just, yeah, it just feels yeah. kind of just feels kind of doomed um yeah and especially because that game was a, the Akali game was against Fnatic who a lot of people would be kind of be tapping as potentially like the second best team especially with it with a you know humanoid actually performing a lot better recently than we we're typically used to seeing him in the regular season which has been a nice surprise but um as far as rosters that can kind of player for player match up to G2 Maybe Fnatic was that hope. And I guess Fnatic is still kind of in the high key category. If we had to pick kind of two favorites, do you, do you like BDS Dom? Do you really, are you bold enough to put them there? I mean, I think there's a chance they get like second or something. The thing I hate about BDS is that they have no early game They're The way that they play competitive league is they just like, 
run it down for the first 10 minutes and then they just show up to objectives and have like better setups and win like that the way the thing i compare them to is that they they remind me of like tsm in north america back when tsm was good in like 2017 where you never actually felt like they were a good team because they were so afk but they just had better setups than other teams in around objectives so they would just win games that it felt like they had no business winning if you look at bds they're losing early game to like everyone like they actually are just losing early game to everyone but then they just win anyways like shale starts the game runs it down like three times and he's like all right now i'm just gonna like play well and he plays team fights pretty well shows up to objectives and they win so maybe that's good enough to win lec i hope not i feel like you have to have like some idea of how to play early game in order to win um and when you compare that to like fanatic and g2 sometimes fanatic and g2 they overforce and they like make bad plays but generally they they know what they should be doing and they like progress the game to a point where when they win games it feels like they were in control most of the time and also the thing about g2 when you consider how strong they're going to be going forward is the fact that their losses are like very easy to excuse like they won every single game besides for that first game versus rogue where cats like completely ran it down that was like the zero five nico game where he just completely sprinted it where people were like what the fuck is he doing he's trolling like that was that game and the other one was when they played Sona Seraphine bot lane. They tried to play the Sona Seraphine um, and like just stall out a game and that didn't end up working. That's nerfed on the next patch out of the meta. They probably wouldn't play that again. So if you think about their losses, like every other game they've won, you know, whereas like when BDS lost games, like G2 com comprehensively beat BDS in that, in that game that they played, right? Like they just look like the better team. And BDS has had so many shaky games, whereas at least G2's had like a clean game every now and then. What about oh, uh? They... Go go ahead go ahead go ahead Marcy. Uh, no no it's fine go. Well, I was, I was gonna, gonna say... talk that they also like lost to Carbine Corp, but it was also kind of a meaningless game for BDS. So I don't want to read too much into that one, but they did kind of get mega draft diffed in that game with the Olaf pick, and it felt like you know they they were not anticipating that coming, and they really didn't have many chances to win because of the threat on the the back line i thought it was a very good like r5 pick i was gonna say mad lions mad lions koi after the whole uh fanatic like just showing off hands every single person you had the various uh top lane coming out it it felt like that was a very cool hey you don't know a lot of our names doesn't fucking matter we're here and it doesn't matter that you're the big name team doesn't matter. You guys been together for a little while. We're going to punch you in the face and we'll fight with anyone. Yes, it didn't show a lot of brain, but it showed a lot of hands and it showed a lot of like moxie. And I think when it comes to trying to break in to the circle of elite in Europe with G2, with Fnatic, you need something like that. It is what Casey was supposed to be like. That kind of ego and hubris that you, you hate, but you have to respect. I mean, That's maybe from the I fan from base, but, but not from, like, the actual players. Like, I didn't You're think right, that right, 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 right. picks from, like, Sokin that are, like, really interesting or, like, Tabo was going to play anything that we didn't expect. I mean, when you watch when you watch them play in EU Masters, like, they were pretty standard as a team. Like, Cabo would play strong, like, just strong, like, weak side champions. Like, I mean, yeah, and then they would just play standard. Synchrov would play just tank junglers. They would play hyper carries mid like Azir. Just Kalis would carry the games. I don't know. It never felt like they were a very unique team. But my point, I guess, more specifically was like, 
that this is what you kind of want and need from a team, I think, to try and punch your way up to G2 and Fnatic. What do you make of the chances for this type of Mad Lions team that isn't, you know, Niski ran, that isn't kind of, I guess, rotation-based and out-based, uh, that, that kind of based, map-based, uh, uh, to, to fight against AG2, against Fnatic? I think they're completely fucked if they play best of fives versus those types yeah, of teams. Yeah. Like uh, the, when I see those types of, of picks, I mean, that to me is like how you win best of ones. But when I see like your strategies being like playing unique champions, I think that those unique champions like just end up getting banned eventually in a best of five. And then it's like, oh, now at some point you're having to play more standard. And as soon as that happens, you're just going to get rolled over. Um, yeah, I don't know. I mean, there. I think it's that, also that they're they, overperforming expectations. Like, but a lot of them, like, yeah, they look cheesy. They don't look legit to me. Alvaro looks really legit. I'd say Alvaro looks like probably the second best support in the league behind Mickey X. But outside of that, I don't see like how this team is going to beat top teams because I think they're just outmatched. I think Merwin is interesting. He's probably like more surprising. But what essentially what I'm saying here is their best players are jungle support and top lane. And I feel like that's never a recipe to win Europe. I feel like in order to win Europe, you need to have a good mid laner. You need to have a top tier mid laner and an AD carry that's like consistent or you just can't win. I also think they've gotten a lot of these wins in best of ones by having a kind of very aggressive early game. Um, they haven't looked as good, which is natural, I think, with so many young players on this roster in the mid and late game when it comes to their macro. So if we're saying like, oh, this team, like, what are the odds that they're actually going to be able to win, like, a best of five having, like, strong laning phases every game without the other team being able to do some, you know, counter picks potentially and draft or figure them out? Like, BO1s are so weird, especially when you run three of them every week because it makes it hard to prep when there are players like Merwin, for example, um, that require potentially extra attention to draft phases but when you have a week to prepare for this one roster and this one team that's where i think things start to get very different i think that's where things start to get very different so look i think i'm pretty no key just because of the number of rookies on this roster right now maybe in a year they're going to have that kind of veterancy and a little bit more stability and a higher floor but they've already overperformed expectations so i don't I don't know if we can really put them higher than that. I don't think there's any shot that they like take the title. Do you think that they win any series in the playoff format? Like, do you think that they oh, place wow. like fifth, sixth instead of seventh, eighth? I mean, honestly, I think the answer to that is like, you know, do we believe that potentially giant X or heretics could beat them? And the answer to that depends, I think, on Perks's performance because he's coming off a pretty terrible week. Um, but he also is perks, and so we know that he can step up and has in the past, even when he's at his low points. So I think potentially there are a couple teams they could beat, but I wouldn't put them as a favorite against anybody else. So if we're both no-key, you're both no-key on Mad Lions. Who are you low-key excited about? Look, I'll just put it, I'll just put it out there. Like I'm I, the, the teams that I would put as low-key, uh, I think would be like SK, because at least they started the split strong and looked pretty clean and in some of their wins, and they seem to have solid fundamentals. And we also know that Niski-led teams can make deep runs even with mediocre uh, early 
kind of like early group stage performances. Um, he's a player who's been there a lot of times. And, you know, we got to see Mad Lions with a pretty bad, like, round robin stage go in and actually do very well in the playoffs of a split. So I would also put heretics in there just because these guys can't be counted out. Like you can't say that perks isn't going to snap into form, even though I find that extremely unlikely to happen. There isn't a 0% chance that this team with the players that they have doing very well and making a top performance here. Um, I mean, wonder and Yankos have been good. So there, there's another low key one for you. So I think, those two are probably my my low key expectation ones. Maybe BDS as well, low key. Um, but the rest I think are no key. So I guess in my no key category would kind of be like Vitality, Mad Lions, and Giant X. Yeah, uh, the KTEU right here with Wonder Yankos and Perks getting the band back together. <laughs> uh dom i like this one better though i like this one better i can tell you didn't put him in the most fraudulent of 2024 yeah Yeah. because this is this is this is the one you want to do well because you've seen the intense upside of this and people will be like oh but monty you saw the intense upside of drx i I did but also that drx peak they were patch zerging for worlds and i had to watch them the whole fucking year whereas like i've seen g2 do well for an extended period of time with this core of players yeah, I, I I hate that about worlds. It's like it, it's crazy to see how the popular opinion of players changes after worlds. Like it's one tournament on one patch, and somehow it 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 by far overwrites the first nine months of the year. Like it's not even close. Like if you play well for the first nine months and then you play bad in worlds, like player value goes down the drain. We see the same thing with Niski, right? We see it every single year in in, in LEC. He just like dominates fucking LEC. He looks super fucking good, like a top tier mid laner. He won a championship last year. He won he won spring um, in LEC last year. His Gragas was like fucking unbeatable in Europe. And then he goes internationally, plays against like fucking, I don't even know who, who it was. He plays against some Asian mid laner, gets stomped one time. And it's like, damn, he sucks. Get him off the fucking team. Like, <laughs> I, I really don't care about fucking like that world's performance compared to how you've consistently looked throughout the year. It's part of the reason why I rate Chobi so high, even though like everyone just hates him now in, in, in LCK. Everyone just acts like he's just dog shit. Like, so, um, yeah, I just wanted to comment on that. In terms of like low-key excited, I'm actually for some reason low-key excited about Giants. Like, I think that they they could, like they're going to lose their first series, but I think that they could make like fifth, sixth and like maybe even play like a decent fifth, sixth match. Like maybe they end up like sneaking their way into like, top four because if you think about the teams that actually look decent right now i think the g2 bds and Fnatic are probably the three best teams in the league and then outside of them it's like i'm not 100 percent confident that giants can't beat a team like vitality consistently or they can't beat like sk like they looked like they were getting a little bit better and i think they have some interesting drafts and i think they have the pieces that you need it's mainly just down to jackie's performance but i think jackie's actually like he had a really bad week one i think he's been been getting better throughout the week so like yeah, maybe they do something. Like I could, I could see it. Peach kind of has been like low key smurfing in in LEC. Even if you consider the one match that they lost this week, which was to uh, G two, like Peach kind of just shit on Yike. It's it's tough to say. I know it's like a tough pill to to swallow because like no one really like wants Peach to do well. But like as somebody who's watched the games, like he objectively has been a pretty strong player in LEC. Los Gigantes. I just love that team name. Just saying it in Spanish, even though it's like Spanish English now and they don't even have a Spanish players anymore. Yeah. Uh, 
and yeah, Peach, I think the reputation of Peach got so fucked up from last year. But, you know, the expert calls it as he sees it. Giant X, all right. That is Dom's well, I mean, local excitement. The thing about, about LEC is you really, people's perception of you is so inflated by your, like, initial impression. Because the thing, the the matches happen so quickly. Like Peach at the end of summer was fine. I mean, he's part of that team that ended up like playing in finals, and he was he was able to play like Maokai, play like he had some good Lee Sin games. He was able to actually acclimate and look like an LEC level player. His first week was just so fucking dreadful that it stuck with people's like minds permanently. And I think we see the same thing with teams that have done really well in the first week. They don't get the same flame as teams that have looked like you know bad the first week. They get it together towards the end. Compare the way that people view like this giant X team versus a team like Mad Lions who started three and zero in the first week of summer and then like fell off a fucking cliff and lost like five in a row to end the split. Like they lost five in a row and people didn't even play. They're like, ah, oh, well they were qualified. Ah, who gives a fuck? Like eh, they'll probably get it together. Like they, there's so much credit given to teams that that do well. I mean, Mad Lions is another example of this. They went two one in the first week. They looked pretty good in the first week. This week was pretty fucking sketchy. Like they had that massive comeback. They had the, the base race throw against Fnatic and they had the vitality game where like Hilly completely sprinted it. Those are two of their wins, right? And they end up being five and four. They could easily lose the, both those games and be three and six. But people act like they're like, they have proven that they are like a legit team. Like, dude, I don't care that much about best of ones. The one thing I've learned from watching this LEC format over and over again is that you have to completely just wipe your memory of the best of ones the second you hit this stage. There's There's been tons of teams that have looked really, really good in best of ones that just looked mediocre or bad in, in the best of threes and best of fives. They don't come close to winning. Vitality last year was the best team in winter. They were the, the number one seed in winter. What happened as soon as they got into playoffs? They were like losing to fucking SK Gaming. Neon got kicked like two weeks later. You just have to completely write off the best of ones when you get to this stage. Like the, it's, the it's tournament almost moves like too fast. It's almost like there's a really big difference in team skill and preparation between when you play three opponents in best of ones in one week versus one or two opponents in a best of three or best of five, right? When you actually can focus on one. And it's almost like the format that they've invented is testing for two different things, which gives us two very different results in terms of who is the best team. Weird. Maybe we shouldn't do that. Maybe we should just only have best of threes. No, I think best, best of threes, threes are double just, elimination. It's bad viewer experience, honestly. Watching best of threes. <laughs> Truly the worst. <laughs> All right. Uh, those are our high key, low key, no key for our LEC squads for the winter split. Um, let us know who you think is the low key. I think everyone's, it's really easy. Everyone would be like, yeah, it's going to be G2. So if you got a low key pick, let us know who and why in the comments. Uh, Monty, we have a new segment coming up in our next uh, spot here. <laughs> yeah, with no graphics yet, but we'll, we'll get to that, guys. Uh, so Esports Bet is back with us this year. Uh, thank you very much for them to continue supporting Last Free Nation. So we are going to start a new segment uh, called The Long Shot. And this is for only the craziest bets. Uh, as usual, guys, you can sign up with our referral link, which you can see on our screen, or click the link below, get your typical 50% deposit bonus for new users. But we also have a new code, which is if you go to esportsbet.io slash promotion, or you go there and you click the promotion tab on the left-hand side of your screen, you too can enter into the little box in the top right that says promotional code, 
LFN777. And what you will get is a 200% deposit bonus up to $200 USDT or its equivalent in another cryptocurrency. And this is not only for if you are a new user, it is for literally any user. So if you already deposited with them, now you can get a big deposit bonus. Uh, of course, terms and conditions are right there for you to read and take a look at. So check it out. Um, but this is for if you guys have any crazy parlays, something that's very unlikely to happen. But I think this will be a, a fun, a fun segment. Yeah. So this one is our it's called the long shot. So thanks to our friends over at Esports Bet. Head on over again. And the important thing that Monty said earlier, doesn't matter if you registered or not. Or I guess use the code or not. It's not just for new users. Come back on yep. in for anything. And uh, it helps us out too. Thanks to our friends over at Esports Bet. The long shot. What are some unlikely outcomes that we can make happen? Uh, All right, I've, I've got one for you. Multiple... You guys ready? Yeah, let's do it. All right. So I am a strange believer in Shopify Rebellion. I what? do not think. I do not think that they are as bad as their record may imply. I think that in some ways they've been, they've both been a beneficiary, I think, of best of ones, but also a victim of best of ones. If you think about their match uh, that they played in the first week versus FlyQuest, I think they did a very good job of attempting to come back in that game, despite some disastrous early game consequences. They beat Cloud9 this week. Um, it's a very weird draft. Uh, I don't think that's going to be replicated. Mistakes were made, I think, by Cloud9 picking uh, basically full low-range composition into Giga Tanks with hard CC engage um, and no split-pushing pressure. Uh, so that that was a fun one, and Shopify Rebellion took off the win. Took took the win. So I my long shot this week, and I love Insanity's weird champ pool. I find this team to be very entertaining. I'm parlaying both of their games. So a win against NRG and a win against Dignitas for hey, three games. Six... Do you want to put the hundred thieves one as well? Like... <laughs> yeah, let's yeah, do it. It's pretty brutal. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Let's do it. <laughs> All right. Why not? You know, it is, it is the long shot. So that'll be 13.9, almost 14 odds on the Shopify rebellion three Oh week. So let's go ahead and Chuck two fifty on that one and we'll see we'll see if we actually end up end up hitting it so there's mine for you guys uh all right i think for me insider information uh and ole <laughs> ole threw it out there as well on the podcast because ole just does not know how to not talk uh immortals has an insane scrim record and all the teams want to scrim immortals because what? they've been yes <laughs> they've been very good uh oh. and i feel like this team is the the reason why that i when i asked coaches is like this team knows their identity and how they want to play a lot faster than everyone else especially a team like them that just kind of came together uh so Cloud9 may be a little bit of a hangover after getting smacked by Shopify and being like, you know what, that was you, that was just a draft issue. It really wasn't a gameplay issue. Just right off the top. I'm not parlaying anything because this is already enough. It's, it's like <laughs> 5.7 here for Immortals, just straight up. 
Yeah, I'll take that one. Give me Immortals over Cloud9 in game number one to kick off the week. And then Cloud9 <laughs> loses, they'll be pissed, and then they'll beat the shit out of FlyQuest later. <laughs> All right, we'll do, we'll do, we'll do two, 250 on that one, too. We'll do 250 yeah. on that one, too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You have, you have any wacky ones there, Dom? Yeah, I'm just going to do a parlay of LEC of all the matches. I'm going to go G2 beating Fnatic. Or, sorry, right. G2 beating Giants, Fnatic beating Mad, uh, BDS beating Heretics and Vitality, upsetting SK. That'll be my uh, that'll be my parlay. <laughs> Vitality upsetting SK. Okay, so let me let me get that straight. So BDS over Heretics. I'm going to put all of these in. Yeah. BDS over Heretics. Fnatic uh, over Mad. G2 over Giant X. Fnatic over Mad. And Vitality over SK. Okay, so the one underdog. You're still at 5.5 for that, so we'll put 250 on that too. That's a long enough shot for me. It's yeah. long enough. <laughs> Anything <laughs> over five, enough. I feel like, is long enough. So yeah. we'll, we'll, the only uh, one that would we'll, be close to the, in, in, like, if we went heads up, would be Giants over G two, which is just not. Yeah, it. that would be that would instantly like what quadruple it. <laughs> right? Yeah, <laughs> that, would, <laughs> yeah that, that would be that that might be a that would be much. a donation. All right. All right, we'll we'll check in and see how we did. If anybody gets the long shot next week, there will be celebration whenever so, some at one point in time, one of these will hit, and it will be hilarious. <laughs> yep <laughs> all right thank you thank you for humoring me guys <laughs> yeah now thanks to our friends over at esports bet make sure to look up the rules regulations for your region and play responsibly all right uh last up galaxy brain club time time for the big brains on our spring split dark horse contenders of the major region so we know who the favorites are in each region but Who's a team that isn't a favorite that might sneak their way into uh, a NRG-esque run? Let's get into it. All right. So with that said, uh, Monty, let's start on over at the LCK. Who is a team that isn't <laughs> T1 or Gen G that could win? <laughs> I, okay, so I think there are several angles you could take here. I'm not going to take the Hanwha one of, like, Zeka actually plays champions that he can play, like Akali that are meta that he just doesn't pick this season for because Dandy is telling him not to for whatever reason. Um, I obviously am not going to pick KT because I think they're frauds. I don't think Kwangdung Freaks is a real dark horse yet, even though important upset victories, it has to be said. Like, Kwangdung now... Bull and Bulldog, Bull and Bulldog together. And obviously, you love to see kind of uh, uh, Cuz and Doodoo, who is always slept on and is actually a very good top laner and was like I probably... I mean, he named a... himself Doodoo. Like, what do you, like, what do you want from the guy? The memes write themselves. You know, now we have yeah. Doodoo, Bull, and Bulldog all on the same team. It's a, mean, little, it's a little awkward up in there. And if you want people to consider you a good player, don't name yourself fucking TSM Lost or KDF Doodoo. Like, come on. <laughs> <laughs> so uh I, and even though d plus is coming off of you know a loss to kwangdong which may not be as embarrassing as it used to be and they lost to gen g and they lost to kt i will say that d plus's last week was very encouraging and th the reason why i'm saying this is because look they were they were lost last year. They didn't have any kind of like mid or late game shot calling. That's why Bible had to come in and then they lost lane. So now we've got aiming and Kellen in the bot lane. We've got King in up in the top. 
world's finals MVP king in, Lucid the rookie and Showmaker. And the real key to all of this was, is Showmaker going to have an improved performance? And the answer has been, surprisingly, he's had some really good games. Probably a lot of you saw his casted in Pentakill last week. He had a really good uh, Silas game in the match that they played against Gen G. game. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Not the one yes. Uh The other one. Yeah, so, like, we've been waiting for Showmaker to have Showmaker-level performances for a long time because he looked kind of like a zombie last year, if we're being honest. Yeah, it picked up a little bit at the end, but he didn't seem to be super motivated. He said himself in interviews that he was burnt out, and now it's looking a little bit better. And honestly, Lucid has been very good for a rookie player. The way that he team fights on some of the tanks like Sejuani and Rel has been, I think, really solid, even when the rest of his team is doing really dumb stuff in team fights. He often is peeling very effectively or making very good engages. So I have a lot of hope for Lucid as a rookie player. And I think that by the end of this split, uh, D plus will be in a, in a pretty good spot and could maybe challenge as high as third place. I D plus really. Showmaker has had some really good plays and 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 I think has been pretty consistent but I think you're just it just feels like you're putting a lot onto Lucid to have to step up here and Lucid's and... been good man. I know, I know. I, I, and yes, this has not been yes, Lucid's yes. fault. This has not been I think Lucid has been good and will get better. Um and I think what's nice is that this team actually has a solid identity that they can work around now. One of the big problems last year was like, oh, here comes Canyon on Nico, and then here he is on Sejuani the next game. And because their shot calling was bad, they never actually were able to macro with any of their team compositions unless they completely shit-stomped the early game. And even then, sometimes, it was a little bit dicey. Um, so I think that having them be on rails more or less in terms of team compositions, focusing lucid for the most part on these tanks has allowed them to kind of solidify a team identity. And that I think will do them wonders in the long run. So they're two and three right now. I don't think they're going to be two and three by the end of, you know, they're going to have a negative win rate by the end of spring. What, what do you think, Dom? A true, I guess that has to be your pick unless you're going with, they're going to beat Hanwha this freaks. week, by the way. The fucking freaks were a trap game. They'll beat Hanwha. Watch. Okay. All right. They're, they're, right, they're going to cave. They're going to <laughs> cave Zekka's. They're going to cave Zekka's head in this week. <laughs> oh, my God, dude. I don't know. Showmaker kind of owned Zekka last time they played. So I guess it, it does kind of make sense. But yeah, I mean, I think the, the hardest thing is like, I was just looking through and it's like, when was the last time a team that wasn't like, looking good one lck like what was the last time that a team that was not at the top of lck one lck like almost never Griffin? happened damn one sorry not Griffin. damn one damn one was at the top they were at the top when they won shit yep was it like uh a... it's very hard for like a team that doesn't finish like at least top three in the regular like season. there's no nrgs yeah. that make a run <laughs> in in lck like when Dom won one, they were like when Dom they won one, they three peated. Yeah. They were first every single time. It's always the team that's top two that ends up winning, essentially. And in, in LCK, so it's like hard for me to pick a dark horse because I feel like LCK is like very tiered. It's like these are our top two. It's T1 Gen G. Then we have like our three, our three, four, five, which should be just like uh, Dom Juan, Hanwha Life, and then KT probably. 
then we have our sixth place i guess which we're giving like kdf and then everyone else is just gonna be shit like it's very hard for me to see that not being like i i see like a top three and then a four to six and then uh seven to ten like very blatantly that i just don't see other anyone breaking out of so maybe like kdf could be a dark horse and maybe they could place like fifth or something or fourth max but i don't know about I like, like your a dark horse is actually gonna <laughs> I, I don't know a dark horse that could actually like win the league sure i i i want to put it I, i'm saying like i think that this team will outperform their current expectations and may surprise people like i uh, think this team could get third that's that's my that's my ceiling <laughs> that's my ceiling for d plus yeah, your your answer there, Dom. I was close. I thought it was like a 2020 T1, but it was 2019. 2019 T1 that won it from fourth place. That's as low yeah, as you they're get. They're like the, they're like the G2 of of LCK though. It's like even yeah, if they stuck in the regular season, they just turn it on in playoffs. Right? Yeah, but like for example, like Mad Lions was like three and six. They were playing like a tiebreaker to get yeah. into like spring last year, <laughs> that and was then they awesome. just won the entire league. You know, yeah, like that yeah. just doesn't happen. <laughs> Over that was that was that was a great run. That was a great run. That just doesn't happen in the LCK though. Only well, you know, it's only it's time. almost like having a larger sample size of games beyond nine games. You know, instead having a best of three double round robin really shows you who the consistent teams are who are going to be able to put up those results. So it's less surprising by the time we reach playoffs. Right, I don't know. Friends. It might just be a format thing. I don't know. Uh, I mean, even when we had best uh, best of threes in in like in LCS, we still had some like really like ridiculous runs that went on. So who knows? If you had uh, Monty continues to talk about format on your bingo card, scratch that one off. He did it again. <laughs> never going to stop until it's fixed. I'm never going to stop I know, until I know. Worlds is double elimination <laughs> and best of ones are dead. Um, and Swiss is dead. And Swiss. And, and other complaints, new complaints that I will have with new formats until all of the new complaints that I don't know what they are yet are also dead. There you go. That, which means Monty's never going to stop. Tom, <laughs> uh, in a in a major region, give me a dark horse. Uh, let's go for dark horse TT making playoffs. Yes! Everyone thought this team. Everyone I, thought this team was garbage, and like I actually kind of watched like how the they LNG play. get. I wa I watched the LNG match. <laughs> yeah, they won LNG. They won the LNG match, and then they should have like at least won the first game in the Weibo match. So. They had a really tough start to the season. They had LNG and Weibo, which is like two of the teams that I have in the top six of LPL. Um, and so they're one and one right now. But I think that they look a lot better just by like just having the consistent roster and having one XN just be the starter because Juan Fung fell off. Like he's washed at this point. He he went to support. Um, and now they have actually like a beast young Chinese AD carry. And I just I always like seeing new players show up in the LPL because they don't do the same bullshit that they do in like in LEC. Like one XN will show up. It's like the first day he's playing against ruler. It's like, you better fucking perform or we're all going to flame you. Like that is how like, like he makes one mistake. My chat is like, this guy fucking sucks. Kick him out of the fucking league. Like they get mad. Like instantly you have to perform in LEC. It's like super. is just a baby 23 year old rookie. He's been playing competitive for like five years. He's a 23 year old rookie. Like if he makes a mistake, it's just a rookie mistake. Don't be too hard on him. Like you can never know how much they improve. Like it's, it's just way different when you get to like Western rookies. We're still coping about Yeon. He's been playing for a year and a half. Almost. We're still just coping about Yeon <laughs> potentially like being a good player. Now, I, I like the by hard the, by, by the way, Tom, I, I, I made this category. I made this topic. Purely to mind control you into saying Thunder Talk, by the way. 
Nice. Did you really? That's pretty yes. cool. Because yep. yeah, I wanted to talk Jake. about them. <laughs> I, I like I teams to... like that. I mean, yeah, I just think yeah, no, teams, it... teams like that are fun. Like, that's what I like about LPLs. I like, like, the kind of, like, a little bit macro stupid, really aggressive, like, Chinese team. Like, I don't know. It's just fun to watch. Yeah, and 1XN was really fearless in that first match that he played, which was beat. very... Yeah, it was very fun to watch how aggressive he was. And also, I wanted to just chuck in there, guys, because a lot of you probably haven't seen that many. I mean, if you're a, a Dom stream aficionado, you probably watch a lot of LPL. But uh, otherwise, you may not know really, like, how good UCAL has, like, low-key been on this Thunder Talk roster. Like, he has been a very good mid laner for a while now, and just nobody saw him play because he was on kind of a bad team. So the fact that this team could potentially be good is very exciting because i think he's very underrated yep all right thunder talk as that dark horse team for me i mean i put my money where my mouth is immortals just give me just just give coach sharks his first time leaving FlyQuest after he was removed from the role last year and coach song was put into the role uh world champion coach song sorry let me speak respect on his name uh and now has a team where he can mold it in an organization that needs direction and has like a lot of infrastructural things in place so i'm i'm interested and excited about immortals making playoffs for the first time in what four years five years like so, i don't know no they, it, they made it, it, it in uh in 2021 oh, right Gyoto, the Gyoto roster the Gyoto roster yes yeah. uh digon in in digon's mind who is not making playoffs in this scenario who's not making it in this scenario sorry dignitas it would be dignitas <laughs> and i think 100 thieves i think it's all right i'm into this <laughs> i i do think that shopify rebellion I love we'll that. Get their shit together. Yes, <laughs> I, I know you love them. IMT and Dignitas not making it because they always don't make it because they suck. <laughs> That's my opinion. <laughs> but I, I think, God, Dignitas with Dove and Rich, I just feel like they're so close put together. XU is a really stand up guy. We got ourselves the new stand up guy what does that in the mean? LCS. He's a good guy. I just he's a good oh nice he's a good guy. Does he's that not translate to like winning Deacon. games of League Come of Legends on. or is that just like a <laughs> he's a good guy and I he has the right <laughs> mindset, but I don't know if they're gonna be able to get it together in time. So sorry, Dignitas. And they can prove me wrong. By by the way, I need to I need to just break the code for you guys. If you say somebody's a nice guy, that means there's literally nothing else that you could possibly say about them uh that would be more complimentary. So there you go. It's not he's a great League of Legends player. He's nice. He's a good guy. <laughs> uh, Stand-up guy. He's, 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 he's done the hard work. You know, he's put in the shifts throughout the uh, amateur scene, and now he's getting a shot. He got I wonder first if you blood. need to be, like, kind of an asshole to be good at League of Legends. If you look at, like, all the top players, they kind of have, like, uh, an edge yeah. to them. Yeah, you know, yeah, like yeah. I knew this one asshole that got banned for a while. He was pretty good. Well, I mean, if you just even think, like, even, even like, when you, like, like even Faker, like publicly, he doesn't have the edge. But if you watch some like the T1 documentary, like he knows he's the fucking best. Like he knows he's the fucking goat. Like that <laughs> shit, that shit fuels him. Like Caps had the whole fucking Caps note where he was like, you know, he's ending people's <laughs> careers and stuff. Like I don't know, man. Maybe just to be really good at, at league, you just need to be like kind of an asshole. 
someone saying Dom's a nice guy. To be honest, I don't think I've ever used that phrase when people ask me about Dom. What I say yeah. about Dom is he's a fucking professional and he's my friend and I like working with him. That's, that's <laughs> usually what I say. <laughs> Amen. Amen. All right. Uh, cool. Those were our dark horses. You got dark horses going to win one of these major regions. Let us know. Uh, we already kind of went through it with our high key, low key, no key for Europe. So you can uh, read between the lines there. All right. You know, I will, I will say, I don't know why this week felt like such a long period of time in between the last episode and this episode. Like it just felt like there were a lot of matches. There was a lot of stories going on. Uh, and I'm glad that we knocked this one out. So I hope that you guys did too. And if we do do special episodes or you need more League of Legends content or more esports content, make sure to follow Last Free Nation across all of our social media platforms, YouTube or Twitch channel, uh, TikTok, Twitter, uh, Spotify, or wherever you listen to episodes. Did I hit everything, Monty? I think I hit everything there. I, yeah, whatever. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Dom, just the grind this week. Yep, as always. As always, bangers only. Matthew. I mean, your break, your break is coming up. Lunar New Year is coming up, Dom. Where you know there's not going to be so many matches. Yep. I, what LPL is off for like ten days, right? Yep. I'm going to Europe during it though, so I'll be traveling. <laughs> and stuff. Yeah, I'll be well, I'll what? be in Europe from then, so I have to like move in and everything and figure out computer situation and everything. Oh. Uh... Snap. How till till how long? Uh, probably until the end of March. Probably until the end of like playoffs and stuff. All right, Plan at least. Watch out, EU solo queue. He's coming. Yep. He's not a nice guy. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I'll fit right in. I'm more European anyway. <laughs> I know. I know. Uh, who you got in the Super Bowl? I mean, I I hate the two teams we got. It's so boring to me. <laughs> no, you just hate them. <laughs> It's not yeah. boring. I think it's exciting. It just—I don't know. I would have rather seen Ravens and and Lions. In the Super Everybody Bowl. wanted Ravens and Lions. Yeah. This is the worst timeline. We're yeah. living in the worst Super Bowl timeline. The but I mean Patrick Mahomes a, probably wins just because no Patrick Mahomes. stop oh, stop stop. I, I look. I don't. I didn't want this Super Bowl either. But I think we can all agree that a Niners win is objectively the correct result. <laughs> Come on, oh, Christian McCaffrey, win? Debo. Who's, who's going to win? You think Brock Purdy is winning a Super Bowl against Patrick Mahomes? What a story. No, you're I right. Really this hope. is definitely a Patrick Mahomes. Like, <laughs> God it just it feels like a Patrick the, Mahomes win. It's the Mahomes era. You know, you had the brain yeah. here. This is the Mahomes era. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm now I'm now suffering. You know, Degon, you and I are now suffering in the same way that Dom suffered for like 20 years when the Patriots were in the same division as the Miami Dolphins, and now oh, we're yeah, Broncos dude. fans in the same we're division as the Chiefs, and it is the fucking worst. And then Herbert's <laughs> over there as well. Like, and not only that, but Herbert's over there with Harbaugh now. So cool. Yeah, really great. Yeah, we I have mean, the won. Broncos have won a Super Bowl recently. I, that's, the, that's Dolphins ha- the Dolphins haven't won a playoff game since I was 12. Yeah, I, I can't. We can't bitch too much because here's the thing is that the, the Chiefs had to deal with like 20 years of John Elway kicking their ass. So and then Peyton Manning. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, it's like what goes around comes around. <laughs> I guess I guess what bothers me, Dom, and, and you'll know this better for the Dolphins. It's like, man, we are wasting some just 
fucking top tier guys on that aren't quarterback. Like Patrick Sertan's like, hey, I I wanna (laughs) I wanna be here for my whole career. And I was like, bless your heart, good sir. Like (laughs) we'll see how he's getting that Walmart money. Don't worry about it. It, it, The reason why he wants to be here is he's gonna get the highest like fully guaranteed corner contract ever because they have they're the richest ownership group. So the money will be good. The facilities will be nice. What were what was a player in the Dolphins that that was like that that just wasted away on the fins? I mean, it was different. I mean, Jason Taylor was one. Oh, it was Jason like, Taylor. Yeah, that was. I don't know. Jason. Dan Marino. Yeah, I mean Dan Marino, <laughs> but I mean at least that's that's the era they're at least winning. I would say yeah. I would say Jason Taylor, uh, Zach Thomas was. Zach I guess Thomas, I mean he's like a yeah. yeah he's a linebacking great. I mean he's a Hall of Famer, right? Yeah, Zach Thomas. Yeah, yeah he's a Hall of Famer. Um. I mean, we Wait, had Ricky Williams for a little bit. He couldn't stop smoking didn't weed. Patrick Sertan, the first play for the Dolphins? Pretty sure he who was, did. Who was the cornerback that was there that was, like, super good? Fuck, what was his name? Uh, Which, like, what? I mean, when you say that, I'm just thinking about uh, Xavier Howard. But wait, like, what What era? Like, around that era as well. The uh, Jason Taylor and uh, uh, Zach Thomas era. Who I don't know. Somebody in chat will probably have it. CB. Oh, yeah ricky williams eh. ricky williams was, was all right i mean when we got him he was like coming off a pretty fucking good season i'm actually really i'm actually really sad that the the dolphins exited the playoffs so early this year they're such a fun team to watch and like mcdaniels is like i mean our whole team was what, hurt like people people really I underestimated know. how hurt we were like everyone was, was focusing on like oh bradley chubb is out you know uh Jalen phillips is out but the one and it's like okay van ginkle was the back like he was having an insane season van ginkle like he was i mean people like he was he was borderline pro bowl and then he got injured as well xavier howard was out like everyone holland was out like everyone just got injured we we literally had six starters injured on defense like and not just like any starters our best starters uh by the way yes i had to look it up i was right patrick sertan made three pro bowls with the dolphins back in the day so Maybe the family blood. bloodline is just cursed. Yes. All right. Can't <laughs> wait. Still, guys, we're still waiting on Monty's kid to pick up the PC, the keyboard and mouse, and start his journey as a North American savior of North American League of Legends. He's going to be a bit. <laughs> all right. Uh, you know where to catch all of us. We'll be back next week for another episode of Powers Bike. Thank you so much for watching. Make sure to like and subscribe. All the stuff, it really, really helps us out. And we'll see you next week. See ya.